again. Okay, did do you have the wire? No, nothing. Hey. Okay. Did you get the wire out? The red wire? No, no. No, the red one. Show me the red wire. The red one. Yes, good. Now, you're going to plug that red wire where the blue wire goes in the board. Put the red wire where the blue wire goes in the board, okay? But don't let them touch. See where you took the blue one off? Yes. Now, put the red one. No, don't, don't put the blue one back. Put the red one where the blue one was and put the blue one where the red one was. But be careful. They're oppositely charged, so keep them away from each other. Make sure you hold them apart from each No, hold them apart. Are you okay? Well, it was worth a shot. What's shaking, party people and legacy characters looking to make a cameo? Welcome to Episode 9 of the Boonty Eve Party Planners. It's been a while, but we're back. This is Joe, transmitting from the Forest Moon on Endor, also known as the Pacific Northwest. Where are my other party planners at? This is Malachi, coming at you from Bespin Cloud City, a.k.a. Atlanta, Georgia. And this is Paco, coming at you from the city of Theed in Naboo, down by the river. Hey, it's good to hear you guys again. It's been a while, so it's definitely been a hot minute. It's been a long time. What have you guys been up to during the, the two-month break that we've had, our our hiatus, if you will? Yeah, what you been doing now? Oh, shoot. I've been playing a bunch of video games. I got a PS5 for my oh, birthday. Shit. Yeah, so I've been uh, been playing that. been playing some Miles Morales, which is like an awesome game. Love it. But the system alone is like it's excellent, so I'd highly recommend it. Those who can get one, can find one, definitely, definitely pick it up. I definitely recommend it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the challenge is finding one, right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty wild. I've been doing the same old nonsense, just going to work, watching stupid cooking shows on television, uh, watching the Great British Baking Competition. I love that show. (laughs) I've actually never watched it. I've heard great things about it. A lot of people are really into it, but I've never watched an episode. It's fun. Yeah, my my sister loves it. I it's fun as fuck. It. You know why? I don't know. I, I, maybe it's just because they're British, but they're very polite. They're very, very, very fuck, fucking polite for a competition show. Like none of these people <laughs> are ever mean to each other. They're always like crying and shit when people have to leave, and like they're always just generally nice to each other. It's fun <laughs> and refreshing. So it's not like The Bachelor then. No, and Noel Fielding, Noel Fielding from The Mighty Boosh. Uh, he's a he's a big star over in Britain. He's one of the hosts now, and he's fucking hilarious. Oh, I, I love him on IT yeah, Crowd. Yeah, he's in IT Crowd. Yeah, he's in he's in a whole bunch of British stuff. He's he's fucking super famous in Britain, and he is fucking hilarious, hilarious. I love him. Right on, right on. Uh, well, I have my little family medical thing that kind of kept us from recording for a little while, but. Uh, I'm glad to be getting back to talking to some Star Wars. Um, mostly, I've been playing Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, I've been doing that a lot. Any free time I've had, I've been playing that. And I came to the sad realization that I can't fly an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter in VR because I get terribly motion sick. <laughs> like, literally, it's like a vomit comet rocket. And it's just not going to work for me. <laughs> I bought some Dramamine at Target, so I'm going to try that eventually and see if i could try again because we have the vr set up and we got a joystick and like a throttle and everything um my father-in-law's fine playing it he's been rocking the shit out of it it just it makes me sick uh i don't know what the deal is i mean remember paco back in the day we used to like ride roller coasters over and over and over again without getting off of them like Drakenfire at bush gardens yep i think we rode that roller coaster like five or six times in a row without actually getting off yeah Back in the day, when we would be there till like the park closed, and fucking we'd be the last ones on it, and they just let us keep going and going and going and going. Yeah, hell yeah! Like we used to do that all the yeah. time, and I don't know. I feel like now, if I did that, 
I think one of the last times I was at Busch Gardens Williamsburg, I rode that new roller coaster. Well, it's not even new anymore, but Verbolton, the one that took place at Big Bad Wolf. Um, for all you listeners that don't live on the East Coast, Busch Gardens is a major theme park there in Virginia near Williamsburg. They got a bunch of roller coasters. It's a good park. Yeah. It's great. I love it. Pretty rad-ass park. We had season passes this year, and we didn't get to use them. Oh, that's lame. Yeah. Will it roll over to next year? Be, I think so. I think that's what my dad said. Mom and uh, Mom and dad got them for us for uh, Christmas this year, and we never even got to use them. Nobody got to use them this year. So they, they got them for everybody. They got them for Monkey and Derek, too. And fucking, we were going to plan on going, like, all the fucking time. Because they were taking us. They already had season passes, and me and Calvin would meet them there. Because it's like halfway. Yeah, yeah. So we would meet there and they'd use their like free passes to get me and Calvin in. Or actually just me in because Calvin was so young then he could just get in for free because he was only like a year old. So uh, yeah, it was fun as shit. We had so much fun. So yeah, that's what they did for Christmas this year and didn't even get to fucking use them. Yeah, but last time I rode Verbolton, I was like out of commission for the whole day. I was like, oh, not... <laughs> yeah, it, I don't know what it is. Like, that's my that. biggest fear. Haven't even done that one. I have a huge fear of going to Disney and going to Batu and trying to ride the Millennium Falcon and just getting totally sick and being like, well, <laughs> guess my day is shot. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to see what the Dramamine does because I'm definitely a pretty wild ass pilot in the game with the VR. It's just it's too much. So if the Dramamine works fine and I have a fan on and I eat chocolate because apparently they're like Dementors and you can eat chocolate and you're fine <laughs> from motion sickness i don't know we'll see we'll see if i can crush some squadrons with uh dramamine cool. but we have to t- we have yeah. to talk about that game we initially we were going to have an episode yes. that was just based on star wars video games when everything went down and we had to go on the hiatus for a little while so we'll get back to it that's definitely on tap sometime soon for the listeners but what else is going on in the world of star wars we had the razor crest get back david, by haslab david Prowse died yeah i know man (laughs) yes that hurt that hurt a lot that was just last week i think it was last saturday yeah Yeah. that's that's rough i mean it was 85 but that's a huge loss Um, good long good long big life (laughs) yeah for for everything that james earl jones is to vader david prowse is that total other half Mm -hmm. because all the the way he acts and his movements and everything that's vader agreed and I don't know how that would have gone if Vader had been in Rogue One more. I'm not even sure the actor could have really had that physicality quite the same way that David Prowse does. I think they'd find somebody that could. Like, the um, dude playing Chewie now is fantastic. Like, I, I love him as Chewie. Jonas? Yeah. Or Johannes? Yeah, he's good. Johannes Sutomo. Yes. Sutomo. He's from Finland. That dude's crushing it as Chewie's. If they ever have to do anything with Vader, I hope they find somebody as good that can act physicality-wise. Vader. Vader, they can probably do straight digital. They don't even need a human being. Oh, you no, that would be awful. At, at this point, I bet no. you they could do that thing. He could be straight digital. You wouldn't even know. Eh, debatable. Yeah, because yeah, one thing that doesn't work in digital are capes. Capes never seem to work good. What about Spawn? The cape worked really good in Get Spawn. Get the fuck out of here, you fuck. <laughs> the two, the two seconds we saw it. Yeah, okay. Uh, good times, good times. We saw that movie at but, uh, midnight. We did. I actually think we saw that movie a couple times in the theater. Stupid. I own the soundtrack. This we have one. We have the, the soundtrack. Yep. I heard the black uh, as hell. The filter song came on my Pandora uh, yesterday at work. I was like, "Oh shit! Can't you trip like I do? No way." <laughs> uh, the sneaker pimps have a song on that album too that was good with Marilyn Manson. Yep, that's right. That was actually the main song for the movie. I think that was the one that had the music video and everything. Yeah. Welcome to our Spawn movie yeah, podcast. Let's get to our let's get to, let's get going. See, we're already stupid. We're already <laughs> I'd like to talk. I'd like to talk about John Leguizamo. Oh, real nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, Spawn exactly. We're in the exactly. first episode of Mando this season. So, all right, yeah, we're gonna dive in. Um, hey, viewer, listener, because I guess she could be watching on YouTube. I'll probably upload this there. Uh, I haven't been so great at uploading them, but anyway. If you haven't watched chapters 9 through 14 of The Mandalorian, you might want to just check out now and uh, come back. And, you, and if you haven't, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Do something. There's something in your life that can go. <laughs> watch the goddamn Mandalorian. What are you doing? What are you doing? 
I know you listen to a Star Wars podcast and you yeah. and you're not caught up. Do really? It. Come on. Yeah, you do something, nerd. <laughs> do something else. <laughs> All right. If you're still listening, spoilers are ahead. If we didn't chase you off with that uh, rebuke there, let's dive right into chapter nine. It was baller, dude. John Lake Bizamo played a Cyclops. He did. No joke. And so far, out of all the episodes, it's my personal favorite. I really, really like Chapter like 9 the, a lot. I like the crate Dragon. It's cool. Yep, the crate Dragon. Uh, it was fun seeing a crate Dragon. I really, really like Cobb Vant. I thought Timmy... Tim, see, I do it again. I'm calling him you Timmy. Call him <laughs> best friend. <laughs> Every time. Best friends. Like, best friends with Timmy. Timmy Oliphant, man. Guys, go back to Scream. Scream 2. You, you guys go all the way back. I don't know, man. I really, really liked him as Cobb Vant. Up until the recent episode, I'd have to say he did more as with Boba Fett's armor than Boba Fett ever did with his yeah, armor. But we'll get to that in a little while. Yeah, we'll get to that, though. But I, th- here's my problem with Cobb Van. As soon as they said the name, I knew it because I heard it from reading about the Aftermath books, right? Yeah, yeah, he's in the Chuck Windig Aftermath yep, books. Yep, and from, apparently from what I was reading, his story is completely different. On how he got a little bit compared to what he tells Din about how he got the armor. So what's going on there? Exactly. I think that's a little of the classic. Either A, it's it's not done on purpose, or B, it is done on purpose, and it's that unreliable narrator. Like he's trying to get Mando to help him, so he's kind of washing over the story a little bit so he sounds better. I guess. Or it's just classic Star Wars and they pick and choose what they want. Because even in the Ahsoka novel. The Ahsoka novel ends very different than the what happens on the Siege of Man. It starts different. Yeah, the book starts totally different. Her duel with Darth Maul is totally different in the book. Completely different. Completely different. But uh, yeah, Cobb Vanth, I really thought he was fun. Did you guys realize that his uh, Weequay bartender was the same dude from Deadwood? Yes, Dan Dockery from Deadwood is the bartender again. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was really fun, and I liked I don't know, man. This whole season is sort of like Mando going to other people that have Mandalorian armor and like calling them out on it, saying, why do you have that armor? Like he's the <laughs> only one allowed to be a Mandalorian. <laughs> but yeah, I thought uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought that it was kind of fun to have the Tuscan Raiders and almost humanize yep. them, make them more sympathetic characters. Speaking of which, OK, here we go. Tuscan Raiders. What is... What's an appropriate term for the Tusken Raiders? Because all of their names are kind of racist. For real. Well, I mean, Tusken Raiders, not really, right? No, that that literally means that they're named after what they are. They raided Tusken on Tatooine. So they're literally named after an act that they did <laughs> against like people that were living there. Okay. And then Sand People, people Sand People's kind of literal. Sand People sounds wicked I mean, racist. It sounds awful. Doesn't sound good. Um, I prefer gun mummies. Gun mummies. Gun They're just mummies. gun mummies. <laughs> which comes from this like YouTube video where this guy just names all these characters the wrong thing, which is really hilarious. But yeah, Matt Martin was like, gun mummies. I'm like, yep, gun mummies. That's what we're going with. Pig dog man. <laughs> That's pretty much Pig it. Dog, AKA like, Gamorrean guard. <laughs> yep. Pig face guys. <laughs> Having a fight club in the damn I boxing like ring. I little legs. I like that those Gamorreans, yeah. those Gamorreans <laughs> yeah. were in shape. Yeah. You got tiny little legs. You got yeah, very muscular, was... well-developed legs. <laughs> I think it's so funny that Timothy Oliphant now has just gotten yeah. kind of yeah. typecast as the marshal. <laughs> All he was missing was a cowboy hat. He had a cowboy hat. It was called Mando's helmet, or uh, Boba Fett's helmet. Very true. Yeah, very true. Uh, so good. I like that the backpack still had the the repair mark for where it was fixed from the getting hit by the um the stick in episode yeah, yeah. six. Yeah, I like, I, where are you getting all these missiles for it? And then I also that's what I want to know. Everybody's got like a they must have like a stock of missiles that they could just get. I'm sure on the Razor Crest, Din probably just had a whole bunch of spare missiles because his backpack has a missile too, Ooh. but. I think it's just stuck in place. I don't think he can no, shoot yeah, it. I yeah, think it's what's used for propellant. Launching one. But he definitely has lots of those fucking singing bird things or whatever the fuck they're called, right? Like, <laughs> Which are... Uh, is it, no, is it uh, whistling yeah, birds? birds. Like, he's got tons of those things, yes. apparently, even though, you know, I'm pretty sure the armor was like, you don't got many of these, so be careful. Like, didn't you say that? Yeah, because they're made, they're made yeah, of Beskar. Didn't, yeah, didn't you say that? She was like, yo... <laughs> <laughs> and then the funny thing is with those it never dawned on me 
John Favreau yeah. used a similar thing in Iron Man. Kinda, yeah, he kind of yep. did. I was thinking about that in general. Like, we're going to go t- 10, 20 years down the road, and we're all just going to realize, like, all the things that John Favreau did. And he's going to be, like, in a in a sense, he'll be, like, the next George Lucas. Yeah. Because Homeboy, like, innovated the way that things are filmed with yeah. Mandalorian. And same thing with Lion King. So he's not out there just making movie. He's changing like the technology on how to make yeah, this. Yeah, like fucking yeah. That new that that new technology they show them using in fucking the gallery show, which is an amazing show too. If you're if you haven't watched that, it's fucking baller as fuck. I love watching that gallery. Yeah, the gallery is my. I point to people that try to think say that uh, Kathleen Kennedy doesn't have anything to do with Mandalorian, and I'm like, yo, dog. Not only is she the president of Lucasfilm. She's the producer on each episode, and she was in the gallery episode. If you think she's not doing anything on this show, you're yeah, naive you're as hell. Idiot. Yeah, you're a fucking blind <laughs> fucking moron. Like, yeah, you're just choosing. Yeah, you're just choosing what you want to like and not like, and blame yep. her for it. Exactly. So you. So yeah, yeah. If you if you're gonna if you if you're gonna condemn her for the sequels, you have to at least give her credit for Mando because she she had a hand in that. So come on. And Solo and Rogue One. You know, people don't talk shit about Rogue One. Yeah, people exactly. love Rogue yeah. One. And I, the only thing people talk shit about Solo is because they didn't actually yeah. see it. Because Solo yeah, is fun as hell. Like I said, if that was a pilot for a TV show, that would have been the first hit before, for like, that would have been before the pre-Mando. It would have been fucking awesome as fuck too, dude. You would have been seeing all this shit in that, that show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There would have been all kinds of Clone Wars characters yep. showing up. Like Bale probably would have been yeah. all over the place. That'll probably be what Cassian has. Cassian will probably have a lot of crossover. It would be with fucking. That. It would be fucking. Right. But my things people love about Mando Solo mm-hmm. had. Yep, pretty much. It'd be fucking right. So I mean, just chapter chapter nine in general, like has so many little callbacks to the movies too. Like the Tuscan Raiders are walking in single yep. file. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. And the crate dragon literally makes the sound that yep. Obi Wan makes. Or at least in the special editions. Yeah. So they use the special edition sound effect for the crate dragon, which I was like, oh hell yeah. <laughs> and then I love the I love the call back to the um the original rocket fire and Boba Fett that technically got a, had his rocket like kind of like Mando was glued down with the toy. Yeah, he had to out. he had to bend at the waist completely to fire the rocket, which is fantastic. <laughs> a three inch quarter figure. <laughs> love it. Love it. But uh, did you guys did you guys notice that they had the binoculars from or what are they called in Star Wars? They're not binoculars or binoculars. Are they binocs? Uh, anyway, whatever the fuck they are. They're, that's, that's yeah, the whatever the fuck they are. The one from Chapter Five that Mando gives them as barter. They had the binoculars. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I also like I like to have uh the dogs for yeah, Episode Two, dogs. which was fun. Yeah, so much good stuff. I didn't see any kids or women, so they must have they all- hid any- them away. <laughs> we know what happened to them they're animals all of this just goes to show how much of an asshole anakin really is like showing them as like real sentient normal creatures like just shows that anakin's a real I don't know. What the fuck no they, they yeah, took his mother the come on they yeah, had that woman hostage tied up he didn't have to kill like he didn't have to kill the kids and the ladies of the tuscans true. of the that's gun mummies true. that's true I, I, I kind of put look looking at me. She looked like they roughed her through, and I kind of like put yourself in that position. If that was your mom, I'm like, yeah, I would have pretty much weird. probably weird. decimated that I, whole village too. Not the kids and the lady, but doing? yeah. What are they doing? Yeah. But think about it. apparently, like, God, I just realized Anakin <laughs> kills kids in two yeah. films. <laughs> That's Anakin's jam. That's one of the things I don't like about the Rise of Skywalker. When Ray gets that fucking dagger and she's like, "Oh, this knife has done terrible things," and like she killed my parents. It's like when you pick up that she picked up that lightsaber. She's not like, "Oh my god, this thing killed so many children." (laughs) Yeah, what she got from the lightsaber wasn't that at all. Yeah, when she picked up the lightsaber, she didn't see a bunch of kids getting. Yeah. Getting murked. Ray must have that uh that one force power that when you touch things you can like sense their past that Quinlan Voss had. Yeah. She must have that same yeah. force power because not everybody does that. So that must be unique to to like, just a couple Ooh. Jedi. 
But yeah, I loved episode, uh, chapter nine. I liked that it was the longest one. It felt like a little self-contained yep. movie. Just really into it. Uh, now, chapter 10, I enjoyed quite a bit, but it's probably my least favorite out of this season so far. What's this one? Frog Lady, right? Yep, this is Frog Lady. Frog Lady's Uber. I like I liked it. I like this one, all right. <laughs> Driving Miss Frog Lady. There's some good stuff in here. I Once I saw who the director was, I was like, oh, yeah, this tracks. Peyton Reed from Ant-Man. Yep, I was yeah, like, okay, what, I get it now. Yeah. That's part of... He likes That's insects. part of like one of the fun things that I like about the season is that for the most part, you don't know who the director is until the episode's over, with the exception of I knew that chapter 13 was going to be Dave Filoni, and I knew that chapter 12 was going to be Carl Weathers, because Carl Weathers was just talking about <laughs> it the whole time. Or no, chapter 12. Chapter 12 was Carl Weathers. But yeah, no, I like this episode fine. I thought it was kind of fun to see the new Republic as sort of as like a law enforcement body, like how they were kind of working as a government entity now that they're not trying to do rubbish. the right thing yeah trying to run the galaxy you know a little bit although they're still making the same mistakes that the actual republic yep. did which is they're just focusing they're just focusing yep. on the core world yep. which is probably why the first order is able to even rise because again new republic is just letting things go in yep. the outer rim stupid that's that's also the like the episode that's been most controversial yeah, because of little pointy ears murder pants about, let's talk about some grogu eggy in here let's see what's yeah. Grogu the Destroyer. Grogu the Destroyer, dog. Destroyer of worlds. Destroyer of fucking species. But <laughs> lineages. Poor guy. Like, what, well, okay, you go ahead. Because I've, I've got a list. I've, I've already talked about this with people. And I'm like, look, all right, look. You people are... The articles I read are stupid, too. I'm like, what the fuck are you people even talking about? Did you watch the same thing? Like... <laughs> like, I totally get it. I totally get it that, like, it might be insensitive to somebody who can't have kids i get that that that's a thing but it's also a fictional universe it's, it's not fucking happening somebody like okay so literally you take the entire episode i don't think anyone would have had an issue with it if it wasn't for the last gag at the end where even though frog lady saves the little baby he's still yeah. eating the eggs i think if that i think if that gag wasn't there everybody would be like oh okay grogu learned his lesson which again if you guys are just now this far into the podcast the baby's name is Grogu, um, so spoiler <laughs> alert, Grogu. Again, what are you doing? I, I warned you guys, and still you came in here. So if you're spoiled by Grogu, yep, I don't want to hear it. Nothing, done. nothing. Your problem. I warned you. But I think the fault really lies on Din. No, Din's the uh, parent here. Well, okay. He's just a baby. Here we go. Here's my list of things for this. I've got, I've got a five-point argument for this, that there's nothing wrong with this, and it was fine. There's nothing. He didn't do anything wrong, technically. He was eating, eating food. He probably would have ate them in the wild. Like, if fucking Grogu had the chance and they lived in the same area, if frog people and Yodas lived in the same spot, he'd be eating those eggs no matter what. You get what I'm saying? Okay, I do. so here we I go. Do. Point A, they're unfertilized, right? It's just an so egg. So far, yes. It's just an egg. So fuck it. Until he gets to frog boy, until he gets to frog daddy, so they are just... get the fuck out of yes. here. It's just like eating a chicken egg. Now, obviously, too, point B, she's not keeping count. She doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> notice there's any missing. She's not like, hey, a couple of my eggs are missing. Like, you know what I mean? I thought for sure when she had that translation bot up that she was going to be like, hey, dude, your that little thing, thing, monster over there is eating my babies. Of my eggs. Yeah, right? You I thought for sure that's too. where it was going to go. I did too. And then when she didn't, I was like, well, she's not even keeping count. Now, see, when they're crashed on the ice planet and she finds the hot spring, call me crazy, but it looked like she laid a whole bunch more of the eggs. No, that was she was putting the eggs There's in there. There's a lot up. there, though. There's a lot. There's a lot more than that are in the jar. I'm telling you. There's a lot of them floating around on the top of that surface. I was like, God damn. So maybe whatever. Even still, it looks like they didn't even grab them all when they fucking left. Like, <laughs> because, like I said, there's a lot in that hot water floating around her. But whatever, we'll get off of that. And point D, if you're laying that many eggs, that means they don't all survive anyways. That's the point of laying that many eggs. You're increasing your chances. So who cares? He ate a couple of them. <laughs> And then, if you tell a kid not to do something, what's he going to do right after that? 
the same. The same. Do it. So I don't have any <laughs> problem with Grogu eating some eggs, and people who read into it are crazy. They're weirdos. I saw this one article that tried to compare him to Anakin Skywalker. I was like, "Are you fucking?" Kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> we're not there yet. He's. We're. We're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not saying it's not in Grogu to do that, but but we're not there yet. Homeboy just yeah, loves to eat some eggs. It's just food. Who gives a shit? I bet she could. She probably could have bad... traded them on anywhere for food. She could. Whatever. It, they were eggs. Big deal. People are weird. I don't like that controversy. That's a weird thing to be mad about. Grogu does love to eat things. Yeah. His stomach seems yeah. to get him in trouble quite often. He's a uh, cue straight you know, to the spiders. Like, that, that's how, that's how he like, He was in the Jedi Temple kitchen know, eating. He thinks my fucking two-year-old. <laughs> it's his favorite thing in the world. He loves eating. Yep, same with my seven-year-old. He will eat things he's not supposed to. He won't <laughs> eat things that he's supposed to. Literally everything that he's not supposed <laughs> yeah. to, he will eat. Regular food? Nope. Count that shit out. Give me them cookies. Anywho. Anywho. Um, but the spiders. The spiders were pretty cool. You didn't realize the spiders were the same ones yep. from the Rebels. From uh, the Chopper Base episode. Yeah. At least they were the same type of spider. Obviously, they weren't on the Chopper Base. They just evolved differently on a different planet. So they probably just brought an egg there and left it. Yeah. Yeah. And a queen came out. Yeah. I did, I did love the aliens references. Yeah, there was a lot. A lot of aliens references. It was a fun episode. It got us another Dave Filoni cameo. So that's always fun times. We got some good uh, Razor Crest and X-Wing action yeah, going yeah. on. Yep. But by far, I think it was probably the one episode that had the least going for it so far. It's like the typical side quest episode. Whole season side quest episode. Well, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> and no. It's take person here, get this. Accomplish yep. this task, get that. Everybody wants something from Din, and Din wants something from everybody. So that's that's the moral of season two of Mandalorian <laughs> and Super Friends. But I did love, um, and you actually... um brought this to my attention, similar to how we saw the binoculars with the Tuscan Raiders, how in oh, yeah, uh, Chapter yeah, yeah. 5, Frog Lady is in the bar in Tatooine. Yeah, that's really good long game. Yeah, that was a good long game. I was I was shocked to see that, too. I was like, all right, cool, cool. At least Chapter 5 has oh, something we saw worth Robin in now. in this episode, didn't we? I think you're right. No, I think, it, I think it was this. No. Yeah, it was because when he goes when he, when he gets the back to Tatooine, yeah, it's, yeah. it's in the first it's in the first episode, uh, chapter chapter nine, because he's the one that has the map that tells them how to get to Cobb oh, Vance City. Right. That is the first one. Yeah, <laughs> he apparently got motivated. He was yeah. motivated now. He's using the force. You you know that, right? No, like, that's not the can't. force told him to blow his motivator. It's in a certain point of view now that uh that novel has different things from a new hope and there's a new one just came out for empire strikes back yeah yeah it's there so he has a feeling that r2 should be going with him instead of him so he blows his motivator yeah it's still there i mean that's kind of a the from a certain point of view is sort of a weird like bunch of short stories so most of them kind of fit in and i don't know if they're officially technically quote-unquote canon but it is in there there's some great stuff in that book. It's a fun book. There's a lot of fun stories. It's well worth reading yeah, if you can find it. Well, copy. here's my problem. And what? no, we're going to get off subject if I start talking about this. All right. Well, Go look, for it. here's the reason. This is why they're doing the hard push on the High Republic stuff. High Republic, all they're doing so much nonsense again already so fast with the comic books and the fucking novels. And look, we've already even talked about like how things don't add up correctly already with some of the some of the material. Like Cobb Vanth tells a totally different story, and that's why they're going High Republic so hard because they can do whatever the fuck they want, like and not have to worry about piecing it in a continuity. Like Luke Skywalker in the comic book now is running around with a yellow lightsaber he got from fucking somewhere. I don't read it anymore because I started even getting the feel of like, whoa, this is already getting bloated and out of control, just like the just like the legend shit is. Like it's already getting crazy, too crazy. They're doing too much stuff just because instead of like they're like, let's fit this in. Not really, can we fit this in? You feel me? So yeah, that's yeah, why they're going so crazy with the High Republic, and that's why a show like this works so well. 
because it's it, it does fill in a gap that we have no idea of anything about. But, like, the gap between Empire Strikes Back and, like, Return of the Jedi, that's not that much time, really, but Luke Skywalker's running around meeting all these Jedi that he never bothers mentioning ever again and fucking getting a yellow lightsaber and fucking... There's Inquisitors. Like, one of the things I have a problem with in... Rogue One, honestly, is the idea and concept of the Guardians of the Wills. It's like, how come we've never heard of these guys before this? Like, how come they're never talking about these guys in, the, like, the fucking Clone Wars? Or getting help from them during the Clone Wars? Like, I come to Jedi and I'm like, hey, you guys, why don't you come... Hey, blind man with a staff who can kick ass, why don't you come hang out with us on the battlefield? You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I definitely, I agree. And in a way, Clone Wars is sort of there. Clone Wars and Rebels sort of patch the prequels, right? They yes. make the prequels better movies. And I think, I think Rebels is, not Rebels, um, I think Mandalorian is sort of like the patch between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. So I'm really hoping that the Mandalorian will help kind of patch some of the stuff between here and The Force Awakens to an extent. Cause I think that's a giant playground. Yeah. That's the 30 much. years between then and, the Force Awakens. There's a lot that they can do, and I honestly, I'm more excited for that type of stuff yeah, than anything else too. right me now. Too. And and that's something that I've kind of said. I've said before about say what you will about the Rise of Skywalker. I think the Rise of Skywalker opens up so many story possibilities and so much room to have like different ideas that it can become a better movie, just like the prequels did. But it's just going to take time and the right type of writer. Um, so it still I, remains. I, I do seen. agree with you there. There is but, a good possibility. It could be, yeah. Already, already in Mandalorian, I feel like there's stuff that seems like it wants to play into the sequels, and we'll talk about it, some of them because I have a couple things yes. that seem to have direct correlations to Ben Solo, which don't seem to fit in at all, yes. nor should they be there. But they're they're kind of like direct motifs that go to Ben Solo, which I want to know why that's there, or if I'm just imagining it. But we'll get to that when we talk a little bit later on some of the other yeah, ones. But you want to move on to chapter that's 11? That's everything that happened in that one. It was all bugs yeah. and egg eating. That, that's our recap for chapter 10. Controversy <laughs> about eating eggs and some bugs. As a pilot. And Dave Filoni. And the Razor like Crest getting straight bugs. I like how his name is Wolf. His character's name is Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Trapper Wolf. Not just Wolf. Trapper Wolf is his first. <laughs> his first name is Trapper. He's the coolest. Dave Filoni is the, the biggest team, nerd. Dude. I love, dude. I love in, he is in really the cool. gallery, like when the, he does the hero's journey speech at the end of the second episode. Yeah. Oh, when he talks and, about the Phantom yeah, Menace, oh like how the Phantom God. Menace works. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of the way we've always thought the Phantom Menace works. You know, that's sort of that is the Phantom Menace. He just he's puts fucking, it into words that a common person that hates the Phantom cool Menace would fuck. like. Dave Filoni, I've I've loved Dave Filoni since I saw him in the special features of the Clone Wars DVDs. I was like, yo, this dude knows his shit, and he seems fucking cool as fuck. <laughs> it's crazy is that uh, I remember, I think this was the year the Clone Wars movie came out, and it hadn't, and, um, the movie hadn't come out yet, and earlier that summer they had did um, Star Wars Weekends at Disney, and he was one of the guests, and it was like, he was there, David Prowse, uh, Peter Mayhew, but like those guys had long lines, but he really didn't like have a line because like no one really knew him then. And I went over and I like, talked to him. He was telling me about the show, and it was like just to be able to talk to him for, like twenty minutes. Like now, it would be like impossible to even get a moment. Oh, that's with him, cool, but, yeah. Malachi. You've talked to Dave Filoni, son of a bitch. Yes, he's supposed to be our best friend. Can you <laughs> call him and ask him if he can come on our show? I know. Yeah, I'm like, hey, remember me fifteen years ago? We talked about Clone Wars, and you and you kind of tell me what your plans well, were. I said our best friend, yeah. Taco. I didn't take him away from you. <laughs> I've still got Lin Manuel Miranda yeah, and Timmy Oliphant, so we're good. We're good. Mine. Dave Filoni's my best friend. I love that man. Yeah, his like I said, his speech and that thing—he's fucking on point. That guy knows his shit. He's the future of Star Wars too. Him and him and Favreau—they know what they're fucking doing, and they're doing a really good fucking job. Like it's this shit is fun as fuck. I love this show. It's better every week. So let's yeah, let's get to the next one. What do we got? The Carl Weathers episode. Oh, that's right. No, it's actually the Bryce Dallas Howard episode. Nope. Yeah, man. Okay, so I'm flat out going to say Bryce Dallas Howard needs to direct Solo 2. I think Bryce Dallas Howard would be a per. She's so good. Like, her economy of time that she uses is rivaled only by Robert Rodriguez so far in the episodes. 
She yeah. just does so much with so little time and yeah, man, freaking Bo-Katan. And her, her episode gave us one of the best Star Wars oh, yeah. characters ever. Yep. Mr. Mon Calamari sweater man. He got his he got a sweater from JC Penney's. You could buy that that right. exact sweater from JC Penney's. I'm gonna that's gonna be my Mon next Cal cosplay. Sweater. Mon Cal sweater man. <laughs> Love it. Did you guys uh see, like recognize the homage to Apollo 13 on the way the Razor Crest re-entered the planet? No. Oh god, it's been so yeah. long since I've seen Apollo. Oh god, didn't Ron Howard direct sure Apollo did. 13? <laughs> it was very cool like literally the condensation building up inside the razor crest everything is almost shot for shot the same as the re-entry pod for apollo 13 cool. and the re-entry for the razor crest really nice. fun yeah i thought that was good her bo one of uh her mando friends the the dude axe. his name is axe. uh what is his name axe wolf not wolf as in like wolf but w-o-v-e and is george like lucas axe came up with wolf that name. or something like that it's yeah it's axe yeah. woves w-o-v-e and of course they gave the new like yeah, curse yeah. word the dank ferric cool. dank ferric <laughs> which i assume is like god damn oh. i'm assuming that's what that means i thought the guy's <laughs> name was dank ferric at first it's like man i don't want my first name to be dank <laughs> that's not uh, legit. Nah. but yeah i liked i liked that episode a lot i really liked kind of going diving into the whole idea that Din yes. is part of a cult. He's a child of the Watch, so I'm assuming yes. that means he's like either the ch- like a child of Death Watch or a child of like a yeah, breakoff. Uh, but Death. he believes in that. Like I don't know though, because like it's got to be an offshoot of Death Watch, right? Yeah, well, she did, yeah, because she was part of Death Watch, and like, Previsla was, was in Pre-Vizla Death Watch. Was the head of Death, Death Watch, and he would take his helmet off all the time. So where this yeah, where this weird rule come from? Yeah. It must. It had to probably been after like the fall of Mandalore, because I have. I don't know. Did you notice that the armorer in his clan mm-hmm. has the horns on her helmet, which oh, is very fall. similar to the followers yeah. the that Darth Maul had. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's like a surviving group of like the Maul loyalists after they, Mandalore they must be. They was freed. Probably. But yeah, I think it's it's great finding out that yeah that you're, he's you're, just part of a cult. And I like I like how she shuts him down real fast. Yeah. He's like, "You're not Mandalorian." She takes her helmet off and like she's like, "Bitch, I'm more of a yeah, Mandalorian than you are." I'm the- and once we get to after like uh, we kind of get our predictions of what we think is going to happen, I, I have something I think is going to go down, but I don't want to mention it just yet. Right on, right on. Uh, so that's the first time I think in a live action we've yeah, seen a Gazanti yeah. freighter too that no, Jacob from Lost was piloted. Yeah. No, the man, the man in man black. black yeah, the man in black. It's his job. No, I said the man in black. He fucking he takes his job seriously, bitch. Fucking shot those dudes and was gonna crash that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh-huh. man killed and killed himself. himself. He takes his jobs for rather real. than answer questions. That guy does not fuck around. Apparently, Moff Gideon does not fuck around. <laughs> Gus Fring, man. Yeah, no Gus Fring way. doesn't Empire fuck around Dan. at all. That, he was, was a like, holy shit. I was like, this guy is for <laughs> real. <laughs> it's like Titus Wolliver, chill out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so good though. Like I really liked the Exquis- raid though on the Gazanti. Was, was it was so tight. Cool. It was so tight. And it was be so badass. Mando just straight running in, just taking shots. That's his new thing, I guess. Is just I'm not going to worry about finesse. I'm just going to take the no, shots and assume they're not going to shoot between the arms. Uh, well, see, me and Donald were talking about that. Me and my boy Donald were like, "Do you think his? Because I mean." He's been through some shit, but his clothes don't be getting ripped. Like, getting whooped up by a fucking mudhorn only fucked up his shitty non-Beskar armor a little bit. And fucking his clothes were still fine. So do you think that's got some kind of, like, Beskar weave? Is that, like, Beskar weave, you think? I definitely I have too. questions about I, Beskar in general. I was going to um, save it towards the because... end, but if you want to talk about that now, we can do that, too. Are you gonna Are you gonna talk about it because of a, yes. a certain armor set? Yeah, we'll, we'll just hold off on it then, or we could talk about it in general because technically Bo Katan's armor probably isn't yep. exactly bulletproof. No, she would have the Clone Wars; they're getting shot all the right time. They've done the same thing, right? They would have just followed right behind, <laughs> right? So I'm wondering if, yeah, I'm wondering if there's like a synthetic Beskar, like like a polymer where it's not pure Beskar, yeah. but he has pure Beskar armor, and if you have pure Beskar. We know that pure Beskar seems to be able to reflect quite yep. a bit of energy weapons. So, I don't know. I think there's a difference between pure Beskar, and they literally use the yeah. word pure Beskar yeah. a couple times. 
in the Mandalorian. So maybe there's a difference yes. between pure Beskar and like a like a Beskar polymer where it's, it's two different. Because that was maybe like something I was going to bring up. Well, I mean, we can talk about it real quick too. Like Boba Fett famously has the dent in his helmet. How the, what the fuck dented that thing? I guess. Yep. No, it's probably not pure Beskar. I, guess, I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense. And then all right, there probably aren't very many people that have pure Beskar. Malachi, you guys, we we both watched the Clone Wars. Yeah. Am I crazy or didn't? Remember the episode where young Boba fucking tries to ambush Mace Windu? Do you guys remember that episode? Doesn't he, yeah, doesn't he yeah. lure fucking Mace Windu yeah. out with Django's helmet yeah. and blows it fucking up? Right? Am I crazy? All I don't right. think that well, was actually okay. the helmet. I'll buy that, I guess, maybe. He- yeah, I think I, because he has it again later in the ep- like later in the, the show. He has the helmet again. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I, I think he, he just knew Mace would recognize it, so he kind of crafted something that looked like it. But yeah, especially if that's all you have left. Change the color of your father. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he would have destroyed it. That's just a repaint. To be his own man. That's why. Well, to be his own man. He's just a simple man making his way in the galaxy. Chapter. uh, Chapter eleven, yo. Bo-Katan. Up until that point, I really liked that episode. That was like, oh, all right. I don't think it's going to get better than this. I was wrong. (laughs) Episodes did continue to get better. The next episode is the Carl Weathers yes. episode, though. Chapter Chapter Twelve, the siege. I like this. Episode. I was waiting for the, the Predator to come out. Action. Yeah, that episode was straight up action, and Carl Weathers excelled at directing comedy for the baby. Like that was the funniest to me that Grogu has ever been in an episode. I think like somewhat probably almost the cutest he's been to. But he's a bully, man. Grogu in school was a bully, stealing that kid's cookies. I don't even want to know what he did to the rest of the class. <laughs> His space he macaroons. probably Jedi mind tricked them all to forget that he stole yeah, the cookies. Sweet, sweet chase, the fucking speeder bike chase. <laughs> that shit was badass. I love. I love the. I laughed. I laughed really that. hard when those two guys that. ate I love it. When they fucking like, just, those fucking crazy motherfuckers just go fucking flying down that mountain. That one bounces and hits the other one. That shit was. They just bite <laughs> it right off the beginning. Did you guys notice the IG Eleven no. statue on Navarro? No. I- Dead. Yeah, Carl, yes. Grief Karga. Yep, Grief Karga built himself nice. an IG Eleven statue awesome. in tribute. So good. That yeah, one had um my favorite bit of Razor Crest action. That was great, and I laughed really, really hard at Grogu throwing up. I don't know why. I just I thought that was great, and him with his Did hands up in the air the whole time, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, this so one. great. Just a great action episode, but it did give like that nice little bit of story pushing and lore with whatever's going yeah. on in Moff Gideon's test tubes. And the M count. Oh, yes. M, the M count, count is a great it. term yes. for midichlorians. So Grogu has a really high M count, like like Vegeta and Goku. Which again, Grogu is so close to Goku. I don't know why <laughs> they just could've could have had a Goku. What a missed opportunity. Over nine thousand. Alright, so so what do you guys <laughs> think is Moff Gideon's plan with the test tubes? What do you think's going on there? Do you think it's the red herring of us thinking that he's trying to find something for Palpatine, or do you think he's trying to do something I'm, with himself? To I get think it's powers? more the second. Mal, I think okay. So I'm thinking it's 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 more like I said, like him trying to get Force powers, but it's going to kind of devolve um, evolve into like the the Snoke and the cloning program. I think I can buy into both. And here's the the thing that I thought was kind of interesting, and this is my first Ben Solo point. When they're showing the test tubes and they're kind of going over what's going on there, for like five notes, you hear Kylo Ren's theme. You hear that. And I'm like, it, you only hear it there mm. and it doesn't happen again. That musical motif only belongs to him. So I'm not sure what that deal is with that. But it made me initially just think straight up that it has some sort of connection to the sequel trilogy. Yeah, I thought that was kind of different. Yeah, because they, they only use cues like that when they're like referencing that person this one in episode we're gonna talk about in a minute that they they do a similar thing when a character is mentioned and so yeah that, that is i didn't i'm not gonna go yeah, back to, to make sure i was actually picking up on it and yeah it's definitely there it's those five notes for sure so it, it makes me kind of think that it has something to do with that i'm more inclined to think that it is something just purely gideon related but at the same time, Palpatine, I, I read the, actually read the novelization for Rise of Skywalker yeah. to kind of try to piece it together a little bit more. And Palpatine, Palpatine's clone, he 
it's like instant after Return of the Jedi. And the problem with his clone, why it's always falling apart, is because it can't contain the Force. So like the inherent like midichlorian count that's inside or is Palpatine can't be contained in a clone body, not easily. So they're constantly trying to figure out how to make that work, at least for Palpatine's level. So that's why he's like always in, hooked up to the tubes and the body's decaying. All that stuff's just based on his body not being the clone body not being able to hold the force, which sounds a lot like what they're talking about here with the subjects they're trying to use. Uh, yes, so, I don't know. It's a uh, it's got to be something, but I have a feeling it probably has, is more just straight up Gideon related. And like I said, and I think that like once his plan fails, they're like, you know what? Hmm, interesting, maybe because I mean the fact that you're, you're dealing with a guy that worked right. on Camino. So you knew clones are involved some way. Yep, exactly. Like there's definitely something cloning involved. I just don't know what it is. I don't know. And we know now that the dark troopers that he has are literally the dark troopers from the dark forces video game. They're not like clone people. They're robots. So they show. Yes. No, Cause I wasn't sure at the end of that episode, what that was either. They're definitely dark. Yeah, they're just dark just troopers. robots. It's cool. They're cool. They're cool. Just I like robots. them. We'll get to that. But yeah. yeah. Good episode. Ready to talk some, yeah, uh, show was, some Ahsoka Tano? Show was Another great episode. See, they just yeah, man. Too Attention, listener. This transmission has been intercepted by the Imperial Navy on orders of Lord Vader himself. From this moment forward, your transmission quality will degrade. You have been warned. All right, so that episode, episode 13, Dave Filoni directed. George Lucas was actually on set for that episode to some extent. He was actually there helping helping Dave Filoni a little bit with directing. And I feel like I could kind of feel that vibe because some of the dialogue that came out of Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka <laughs> sounded a tiny bit wooden. Like, I feel like I was getting a little bit of the vibe of the the faster, more intense. I was like, and then when I saw that the possibility of George Lucas being there. Oh, that definitely makes sense. I can see that. And I'm beginning to think a little bit that Dave Filoni is very similar to George Lucas. I think he does a great job writing. He has great ideas when it comes to straight up directing. And he hasn't done it a whole lot. So he's got a lot of like leeway and a lot to learn. I think that he's he's more of the George he, Lucas style he, of directing. Yeah, he's he's also used to do, directing animation. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm not not knocking the guy, but you can definitely tell the difference between like his episode yeah, and he, Bryce Dallas uh, Howard's yeah, episode for sure. Yeah, like he he almost has a Quentin Tarantino vibe where he relies more on films that he's seen than I mean, striking his dead, own sort the of end like scene reminded me of kill bill i was like oh shit look she's going to kill over e dog <laughs> faux show but there's a huge samurai influence on that episode well, yeah but and, and and since you've both already claimed best friends <laughs> I'm, I'm claiming rosario dawson has best friend and future wife so you're gonna you're gonna ahsoka tana what up she did a good job I'm going I'm to marry my best friend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I Part of me agree. does wish that Ashley Eckstein yeah. had gotten to play the role. Yeah, because, I mean, that was one thing that was cool was sack so, off playing Bo-Katan. Like, she did a really great job. And, like, you know yep. what's crazy to me is, like, do you think they cast her first and then modeled the character after her? Or was it just coincidence? Because, man, that's insane that she looks so much like the character. I don't know because most of the other characters don't look like their voice actors. Like Kanan doesn't look like nope. Kanan doesn't look anything like Ray Prince Jr. Uh, Rick um, does not look like John Favreau. I mean, yeah. Callus is a white dude, yeah. and his voice actor yeah. is most definitely not yes. a white dude. But you met his voice actor. You met Daniel, uh, didn't you, Malachi? Yes, I have. Um, yeah, it's a cool dude. But yeah, I, she did great. She did. I think she did really well as Ahsoka. I think that's a hard, a hard character to play because she is so loved that it's a, it's hard to make that balance. And I think I thought she did really well. And 
man, the exposition in yeah. that episode, we learned the baby's name and the whole thing, a whole concept that he is, was actually at the Jedi yeah, temple in Coruscant in is mind blowing. At age 50, yes. that means he was uh-huh. there when Anakin was there. At 20. Yeah. So he was about 25 years old. We have to mention though that Ahsoka totally dropped the ball and just completely erased Yaddle from well, history. She didn't and know that. My feelings are hurt. Yeah. I don't okay. Think she's- See, my thing is that is, I think Yaddle was gone by the time she got there. Because, I mean, it's a 10 year gap between episode one and episode she two. There. So. She would have been there as like a little one. Can you really? I don't know if I was you've met at three years old. I probably remember. I'd remember Yaddle. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know Poor if she, Yaddle, if though. she knew her like she knew Master Yoda, is what she's saying. Everybody knows Master Yoda. I feel He's like Master present, Yoda is like yeah. everywhere Jedi, on the dude. temple. The reason why she doesn't remember Yaddle is because when Yaddle gave birth to Grogu because of uh, Master Yoda's little side side knights sneaking in, they had to kind of put that <laughs> under the rug. Leave, leave so. the Jedi Order. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> the baby stays. I don't know. You what, go. Okay, so she... Grogu is saved from Order 66 from the temple. So who, like, do you think it's going to be somebody major that saved him? Or do you think it's just going to be, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going to go on with that. Because I've heard and thought about some different things, but I don't Palpatine think any of them are completely plausible. Palpatine had him. And this thing says he doesn't remember anything after. Yeah. It, it does say that he was in a dark place. Or that, like, it all goes dark after, after Order 66. So yeah, so <laughs> Mace Windu pops up, dude. That'd be the greatest thing that ever. Would be really uh, interesting for sure. Uh, he doesn't even have to show up. He could literally just be the one that saved Grogu. It doesn't. It could be flashbacks. It could just be mentioned. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I would flash. I don't think yeah. in general <laughs> yeah. I would have ever expected him to have been on the on Coruscant in the Jedi Temple. Like that completely yeah, I, threw me for a loop. I didn't expect that at all. Neither or something and. I just kind of—I just thought it was just going to be completely random. I thought it was just going to be like Ezra, that he's just a force-sensitive kid that was out there in the world, and he came under the radar of the Empire. Like I didn't think it was going to be literally connected to the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. And then the fact that she said like he had different masters, and like he was—he was somewhat like he was yeah, trained. Was so um, yeah, I also really, really enjoyed the fact that Ahsoka she used attachment to test his force ability. She she's tried to get him to move the rock, and then she just decided, you know what? He's probably attached to Mando, so let's test that. So she used an attachment to test him, and then used yep. that attachment to say, I can't train him, which is a whole other episode. Like I really want to do an episode just on attachments, because I have some serious problems with the Jedi principle of attachments and how that plays out in Star Wars. Yeah. I love oh. when she did her the cool fucking lightsaber turn on. Like, yes. I like. I love the white lightsabers. Yeah, I, like, I, I like the white lightsabers a one, lot. I did have a little bit of a problem a couple of times, though, like when she's blocking the laser blast. Like, she's just. And I mean, I guess it's just because it's not possible because she's not animated. She's not moving as fast as she normally used to. No, no, it but, wasn't as fluid. I agree. And then people are complaining, oh, her head, her head tails yeah, weren't long enough. I'm like, you do realize she was an animated character. Anakin's well, eyes aren't that to, like, big. They had to shorten the montrails uh, yeah. um, just for the action alone. Who knows? Uh, it was a good episode, though. And apparently, what I was reading, too, is the Magistrate is from Dathomir. I read that. That apparently yeah, came we- from the hairdresser that did her makeup and her, her stuff. And that must have been yeah, what she heard. But I don't really, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know ex- how much sense that makes. And yeah. then, of course, we get the big name of Thrawn I don't think in that that's episode. Gonna, I loved all the speculation, so, too, that we're going to see yes. him on this show. And I don't think we will. I think that's for something else. Oh, yeah. Not this season. I don't think we'll ever see him on the show. Yeah. I think that's for something else. They just they, they want to plant the seeds for other things already. Yeah, those assassin droids, the HK droids, they had uh, the logo on the side for the 7th Fleet. Oh, yeah? Uh, which is Thrawn's fleet. Yeah, I thought that was pretty pretty well done. Yeah, I liked Michael like Bean's character minutes, a lot. Cool. Gets the cool. Oh, this this is the one too. We find out where fucking lightsabers too. Like it's, that's why I'm saying like, what the fuck, Daniel yep. Boba Fett's helmet? What the fuck? Like, what did that? Yes, absolutely. Like that, and like the yep. armor obviously Blocks can block lightsabers. No problem. And that doesn't happen in the Clone Wars. Ahsoka yep. tape, takes Mandalorian's yep. heads off. 
in the Clone Wars. Yeah. But yeah, that I don't know. That final fight with the Magistrate and Ahsoka was just pure like Kill Bill, pure Japanese cinema, pure samurai yep, influence. It was, good. It was fantastic. Good I loved it. Here's a question for you. Yes, so definitely. okay. Ahsoka's vibing to some music just in general. What music style do you think Ahsoka would be into and why do you think it's the Wu Tang clan? Uh, here's an answer for you because Wu Tang clan ain't nothing to fuck with. They're also it's, for the kids. Wu Tang is also for the kids. So <laughs> I will take both those answers um, for why Ahsoka is bringing the ruckus. It's terrible. terrible. It's good. You're good. You're good. It's so good. You're good. You're clever. Clever man. I, gosh. It was so great, though. Like, I can't say enough how great it was to see Ahsoka in like a live action thing. Uh, it was really cool. Really cool. I, I was yeah. completely yeah. bummed though that she wasn't Ahsoka the White, but I feel like that's a story that has not been told yet because we don't know how yeah. Thrawn came back. We don't know what kind of stuff she's been into. She's back into saying that she didn't say that she wasn't a Jedi, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. And they don't really tell you exactly when her and Sabine are going off. See, I thought we, I thought we were going to see Sabine Wren. So you think at I that thought, point... I thought that's who fucking Alexa Bliss was going to be. I don't know. Like, I think in time, maybe. I have a feeling we're not going to see Ahsoka again on Mandalorian. I, I don't think that that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see Thrawn. I think that's that's just them being like, look, this is where we're going to go with this Ahsoka character. I, and I... I would fucking watch an animated Ahsoka show any day. Yeah, for real. There needs to be one. Yeah, I, I think all that is being set up for a Rebel sequel. Yeah, there's. I, I don't think there's any way there's not going to be some type of sequel. It's just a matter of whether or not it's going to be live action. Go, they could go either way. Either um, way. They could. I think I'd rather see an animated one, but I don't know why you would hire Rosario Dawson to play Ahsoka if you don't plan yep, to use that exactly. character in live That's action. That's what I'm saying. So the, they're setting up something else. And it's going to be fun and cool. Yes. All right, dogs. So we better move on to the, the latest episode because we're already running a little bit long. So bear with us for what I think you and Malachi have both said is your favorite episode of The Mandalorian yet, uh, which which is number... number this episode is tight as fuck. Now, I wouldn't say of all the, the entire... But yeah, definitely this season. Every week, I'm like, oh, this is the best episode yet. And then I'm like, oh, wait, this episode's fucking great. Like, <laughs> I mean, talk about economy of action. Like, yeah, 30 it, minutes, and I they did like so I much with that amount that of time. Yeah. Robert Rodriguez. It, I, that's one of the coolest things about Mandalorian, is that they're getting these, like, on-point A-list directors to do these episodes that are, like, mini-movies. And love it. Like, we didn't even mention the fact that John Favreau yeah, directed uh, the Cobb Banth episode. Yeah. Like Robert Rodriguez is another director I met back in '95 yeah, before From Dustal Dawn came out. Yeah, this episode was straight up yeah, like a Dark Horse comic come to life. Fucking it, Boba Fett was cool as fuck. Spoiler yes. alert: Boba Fett's in it. Tamara Morrison kicking ass. Got that Boba Fett be awesome for real live action for real Boba Fett. Yeah, I was like, no yeah. shit. I was. I like, mean, when <laughs> that shot when Slave One came in, I was like, oh man. And that's another weird continuity thing that you were talking about, Paco, like with the uh-huh. comics. So the planet they're on, Tython, is in the Dr. Afra comic. <laughs> and it's like a snow planet. And they go to the temple. She actually goes to the temple on Tython, like with Vader. And it's like a snow planet. So now it's not a snow planet. Maybe, maybe it was just the weather. Like, yeah, like not, we have I mean, I buy that. I, I really like the stone and the whole idea that like Grogu was going to call out to somebody. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's calling out to. I don't think he's calling out to a Jedi. That's the thing. Yeah. I think he's calling out to Guy Fieri in Flavortown. I think. I think Grogu is trying to get <laughs> back to Coruscant so that he can yeah. live with yeah, Dexter Jexter and just get free food. He just wants to go to Flavortown. That's all. That's all my little man wants is some Flavortown. Foods. <laughs> Straight up, this episode made me care about Boba yeah, Fett in a way that I've really cared about. I Boba love that you got to see Boba Fett being badass for the first time in live action. Yes. Like, for real. Like, in the movies, you don't get to see Boba Fett be badass. Like, <laughs> he gets clowned out real hard in Return of the Jedi, but in this, like, when he was butchering those fucking goddamn stormtroopers with a, with a Tusken Raiders on... 
on some stormtroopers. <laughs> I was like, God damn. <laughs> the gun money stick. Well, the, so, and this is my other thing. Like, so. I mean, just seeing the helmet shatter. The I'm like, wow. not really pure Beskar. What. What the fuck is Stormtrooper armor made of? Because it looks like it's just made of the plastic it's really made out of. Like... <laughs> you really think they're use Beskar? Like Come on. Din Djarin is taking fucking blaster bolts like it's nobody's business. <laughs> I mean, he got force pushed. Like, force pushed back like six times in that episode. Yeah, I, got, I do have to say one thing. I know Joe feels the same yeah, way. Can we go, please man. have a moment of silence for the Razor man. Crest? That hurt more than... Grogu getting taken because that's his home. He had he had a little tent and everything. He had like a little hammock built in there for Grogu. He had a space toilet. All of his guns were in there. He lost his like that cool ass gun that he had. Yeah, yeah, like the long rifle. Damn. Yeah. You've got a party now. Boba Fett has joined your party. (laughs) Boba Fett and Cyborg Sniper Lady are your friends now. It's weird to have Boba Fett as a good guy. I will say that. I, I always never really bought him as being like a good guy. I always thought of him just being like a villain. So it's no kind of he was different, never a villain. But he just cool. did what he had to do. He's just a man making his way through the galaxy. I guess. <laughs> he was a clone. He wasn't even like a real child. And the fact that he has now played both Django and Boba was awesome. Who's supposed to age normally. And if he was like Din's age during the Clone uh, Wars, right? So he should be almost the same age really? as Din now. Well, I mean, Pedro Pascal's old. Yeah. Because, okay, think about it. Yeah. Episode 2, oh, he was yeah. about, like, 12, I would say. Yeah. Two sons. Two yeah. sons on you. Those two Tatooine sons will age a dude. Yeah. Ask Obi-Wan. Ask on Baru and Uncle Owen. <laughs> they got old quick. For two 20 years. years. For real. For Between real. the end of episode sons, three. Get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just really liked um, everything with Boba Fett. I was surprised that he did as much as he w- he did. I didn't actually even expect to really see him again this season. I thought that maybe in the last episode he would show up. Why couldn't he just get his armor back from Cobb Van? Like, what? Yeah, he yeah. shouldn't have had any he problems taking out Cobb Van. He fucking mummy, mummy man gun out <laughs> the desert and just shot him right from far away. You know what? I think I figured it out. I think it's because his town, Cobb Vance town, wasn't on any maps. So maybe maybe he was just now getting like the information to find it. Like maybe he heard rumors and it finally now got into it. He got there just after Mando had gotten there. I mean it's it's at least plausible. Can we talk uh, can we talk about our man uh Rugu wrecking some stormtroopers after he gets kidnapped? Yeah, the dark troopers, seeing the dark troopers in action too. Those things were bad. Oh god. They had the same circle joints as um, the, like K2SO. The forearms like it's the same imperial design. Looking, I noticed. And like the hands, it was like they look like fucking souped up battle droids, kind of. I mean, they didn't really do anything. They, cool. like, they didn't have I any like competition. The cool, but uh, see. At the end, when they show the cool concept art and shit, there's one of them, of them with like fucking little like like revolving machine gun blasters. <laughs> Oh, wild. I, d- I actually didn't watch that, but I did pick up the art of the Mandalorian book uh, a couple days ago. I haven't flipped through it yet, but yeah, I'm excited to look through that. Great episode. I'm I'm really excited for the next two. I really can't wait to see where it's going because I don't have a clue where it's going yeah, other yeah. than they need yeah, to go pick up Bill Burr again. So one of the things I was going to hold off on um, is I think maybe after this season, then it's going to realize it's a cold. I think so, too remove his helmet so that way we can actually see I think you're Pascal more right because I think this whole season like all the episodes including like last season was him kind of coming to terms that the Mandalorian that he believes he is isn't exactly who he is like yeah. he's starting to like grow as a person like you see this episode that Set, he's really becoming like a dad he's set just um, like like Ahsoka Tano did and Bo yeah. Katan did it's all about setting your own path and destiny and like doing your own thing and being faithful to yourself and that kind of deal. And yeah, being a father is part of that. Yeah, and just realizing that there are yep. more different ways to be a Mandalorian than what he thought. So you can still live by a creed, but you don't have to be so yep. beholden to it that exactly. you're bypassing humanity. It was good. It's a good show. See? It's a good show. All right, guys. I think we should probably get ready to call it. I um, I'm getting a lot of feedback still. So, uh, listener, if this last little bit has sounded weird, 
that's why it, there's some sort of weird audio thing going on right now. So sorry about that. Yep. Uh, sometimes it happens. Always. But anyway, guys, it was good. Good talking to you again. I'm real happy to kind of get back to this and talk to the Mandalorian. I'm sure there's about a million other things that we haven't talked about that we've kind of forgotten about the show, but it'll be good uh, to talk about the next two episodes. We know that the next episode is directed by Rick. Uh, what's his last name? Malachi. Fukuyama, who did two episodes last season, but we have yeah. no idea who's directing the finale. They haven't mentioned anything about any other directors. It might <laughs> come as like a big surprise. All right, boys, I think that's about all the time we have for today. Um, so where can we find you at, Paco? Uh, you can find me at Paco Bentley on Instagram. Uh, that's about all I do. Go look at pictures of my kid and what music I'm listening to if you feel like it. Right on. What about Mal- uh, you can find me on YouTube at Dynamite Geeks, D-Y-N-O-M-I-T-E Geeks. Um, also on um, Twitter and Facebook as well under that same name, Dynamite Geeks. As for me, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under the username at Lord Firedeath. I am also on Letterboxd under the same username, Lord Firedeath, where I write movie reviews and put down whatever movie I'm watching at the time. So if you want to check that out, definitely do it. I cannot recommend Letterboxd highly enough. It's an amazing service. We should have another episode out in about two weeks. If you want to check it out on Google or Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, that'd be fantastic. Um, Leave us a rating, subscribe, leave us a review, anything you want to do. All that stuff helps get this podcast out to more people, and we totally appreciate it. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, we are at the Bunta Eve Party Planners. And on Twitter, we are at Beep, B-E-P-P, Podcast. So, until next time, Mace Windu, see us out. This party's over. Shaolin shadow boxing and the Wu Tang sword style. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu Tang could be dangerous. Do you think your Wu Tang sword can defeat me? On guard, I'll let you try my Wu Tang style. Bring the motherfucking ruckus! Bring the motherfucking ruckus!